A vegan superhero is a new breed of athlete. Stronger, healthier, and driven by purpose. Vegan superheroes wage war against society's status quo and win. Vegan superheroes battle the forces of evil that profit from the suffering of others. Vegan superheroes take a stand for what they believe in and prove the haters wrong. If you ask the meatheads and clueless fitness gurus, they'll tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. Vegan superheroes inspire change, spread compassion, challenge the status quo, and fuel the revolution. Our mission is to help you become a vegan superhero. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? I have a super amazing guest for all of you today. I have Coach Laura Marks on the podcast. So this is not her first time, but Laura, welcome back to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. Awesome. So today we are going to be talking about female fitness goals and body image. And Laura is just a total um, rock star and expert when it comes to this topic. And this is while we're going to be kind of specifically talking about kind of female body image and stuff that relates more to women. This is an episode that I think will be applicable to everyone. So I think uh, regardless of your gender, I think you're going to get a lot of benefit out of this episode. So with that being said, I love to start by just getting a little bit of background on you and uh, how you kind of came to become a coach and what uh, kind of your fitness journey has looked like. Yeah, I've been coaching for over 20 years now, and I've been an athlete most of my life. I have two older brothers that kind of led me into that direction and and seen weights around the house and that kind of thing. I've been toying around with weights since I was about 12 and started to really enjoy in uh, high school learning to strength train for sport. And my mentors were my coaches. And I just started then falling in love with Olympic weightlifting as they introduced Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting to me as I was training for volleyball at the time. And from there, I just, I think I fell more in love with training to get stronger for my, my sports than I actually did with for my sport. So uh, after that, I started competing in Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting, and I started coaching it. Uh, got involved a lot with the Olympic weightlifting world as a female coach in, back in Minnesota, and have been doing that for for about 20 years, as well as the strength and conditioning for youth athletes and uh, actually all ages after these last few years. And then I found the vegan gym and it's been a game changer since. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about why you really lift weights? You kind of touched on it in the, that backstory, but could you tell us like why that is, why lifting weights really means so much to you? Well, uh, lifting weights to me is just, um, it's my, my place of just being me. Uh, I started to learn that going to the gym was not about looking a certain way. It was about, uh, just feeling a certain way, feeling myself, being myself, feeling strong. Uh, just, I really enjoyed, I, I, I don't, I, I could disappear in it and it started to teach me life. It started to teach me to get uncomfortable in a safe place so that I could face the world with different strengths and courage and energy. And I just felt good physically, which, and which transferred to mentally and just helped me walk taller in life and to face just circumstances that we all bump into because life can be hard. So 
weightlifting became a way to teach me to walk life. Yeah, I love that. And I've, I felt the same way through my fitness journey. That's been the major shift that I've gotten at first was like, Hey, I want, I want abs. I want like bigger pecs. I want to be like, I want to look pretty jacked. And then it, I realized, Hey, this is actually way more than just the physical side. That's just a small piece of it. And I wrote in my book about, uh, how kind of your fitness journey is like an iceberg and the visible parts, which is like the physical stuff that you see in the mirror and that other people see that's only about 10% of the actual journey. And the real awesome stuff is actually below the surface. It's all the mental stuff. It's that 90% that really actually makes your really changes your life. So I felt the same way and and everyone that I talk with who has been training for a certain period of time it usually starts with like I want to look better or I want to just be able to be stronger whatever it is and then those mental gains are really pretty amazing. So yeah, you've told me before and told lots of our clients like you should train because you love it not because you think you have to. And it feels like and if it feels like you have to then you're doing it for other people or other external things and not for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the game changer right there. Like fall in love with lifting, fall in love with the exercises you choose to do. And you you nailed it. Like if if you're doing it for any other reason but the passion of loving to train, you're probably doing it for somebody else and not for yourself or to look a certain way for the world or the expectation of what somebody wants you to be and not who you truly want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So I know that you have this intense passion for weightlifting. Can you get into some more details about how weightlifting has really changed your life? Yeah, I I believe weightlifting actually saved my life uh, as a as a young girl or a teenager getting into the sport. Uh, I struggled a lot with disordered eating and disordered body image, and it I just I loved going in and being strong and feeling good and uh, being a successful weightlifter. But when I started to realize that I was actually struggling with an eating disorder and, and it was brought to my attention through education through a health teacher, and when I dove into the fact that what I was doing to myself and how I was feeling my body was hurting me and that I would not become as successful in weightlifting or in my sport if I didn't make those changes. And weightlifting was truly what I loved to do. I would spend hours in the gym, not because I had to look a certain way, but because I absolutely loved having a barbell in my hand. I loved the feeling, the burn, the afterburn. The I, I remember my, my coach even being like, Laura, we got to close down. Lights were already off off neons were on. He's like, we, you got to leave first one in last one out. I just, I loved it. And I didn't want to lose that. I didn't want to not be able to lift. And so when I, I had to change my relationship with food, I had to change my relationship with, I guess with falling in love with myself <laughs> and figuring out how I was going to feel my body to be the best athlete I could be. So weightlifting really saved my life. I feel I, I had something to fight for. Can you tell us a little bit more about how your relationship with food has changed over these past 25, 30 years? Yeah. Um, I had a lot of, uh, uh, sensitivities to, to foods and things when I was younger, where I felt like food didn't, I didn't feel good. And I think that was, a, a, again, another reason why I went down 
the road of being vegan <laughs> was I found foods that actually felt good for my body. Um, but with that said, having a bad relationship or not feeling good when you eat or starting to, to blame food for how you look or feel or that people don't like you or you don't like how you look in the mirror because of food, there, there just becomes this not so healthy relationship with food. And when I could turn it around and learn that food was actually fueling my body, food was helping me lift heavy. Food was helping me jump higher. Food was helping me sprint and do all the athletic things I love to do, hit the volleyball harder. Uh, when I was fully and completely energized with good nutrients, I performed at my best. And the more I experienced that and the more I could speak food as fuel, the healthier my relationship got with food mentally and physically. And then it was easier to eat. It was easier for somebody to say, Laura, you need to eat more and not be afraid that I was, I was going to, to gain body fat or, um, there was a fear around image, not just, um, performance. I, I felt like I was battling this. I want to be the best athlete, but I want to look a certain way for the world that there was this expectation of I'm never going to find somebody who's going to want to marry me or love me if I look this certain way, but I want muscle and I wanted to be strong and I wanted to be the best athlete I could be. And I had to find out a way that by feeling and trusting that I was feeling my body with lots of nutrients that I could have both, <laughs> that yeah. I didn't, I didn't have to worry about not looking good or sexy as an athlete. Yeah. So we're going to get more into that particular thing in just a little bit. That's definitely a topic that I want to uh, to talk about with you. But as far as what you were just saying, I think it's so powerful to view food as fuel because it is it is quite literally fuel. Like fuel, food contains calories. Calories are a form of energy that you're transforming from you're transferring from food form into glucose and energy in your body. And I think that's just really amazing how you can, uh, power your body to accomplish fitness goals. And that requires that you fuel your body with, uh, with the right nutrients. So how do you kind of coach people given your background with food? How do you kind of coach people to view food? I know like this idea of food is fuel is really important, but, uh, can you give us some more details about kind of how you teach your athletes to view food? Uh, food is fuel is you, you'll, if, if you're at all in the, in the, the community, uh, the, the vegan, um, Academy, you'll you'll see my my athletes a lot. Say they'll even do the little fuel emoji and and fire flames around their food because they talk about that burn, that energy that food provides, and that without it, we're not going to get the results we're looking for. And we have to trust the process that food is actually going to help you burn body fat. Food is going to help you build muscle and strength. And what is your ultimate goal in life? Is it to be able to live with energy and focus and to be able to go and to the strength. gym and strength? And uh, Or do you just want to, what, just 
go through the motions every day, wake up, feel miserable. And I, I don't know. Food is that vital. I, I talk about it being vital. It is life. Food is life. And if you if we focus on fueling correctly, you'll get the results you're looking for. You will burn body fat by fueling your body. You will get stronger. Yeah. And you always tell your your athletes as well, your clients, you say, hey, we're going to feed you like this is this is something we really want to focus on. So, yeah, I do say that a lot. Like you will not be deprived. I will feed you. And I think that a lot of my athletes are surprised how much they actually get to eat and that they'll still see the scale go down even if they're full. Assuming their goal is fat loss. Yes. Assuming but- their goal is fat loss. And there's also a lot of times those that are trying to build had no idea they were not eating enough food that they they needed to be beyond full sometimes for some of them. And so yeah, it's it's a shocker how much you truly need to eat sometimes to be able to to gain muscle or to lose body fat. Yeah. So how do you kind of view eating for enjoyment, like actually enjoying the food you're, you're consuming and also eating for fuel. How do you kind of blend both of those together in your mind? Hmm, That's a good question. I, I talk about, can you be grateful for the food that you're putting in your body? When you walk to the fridge and you're truly going to nourish your body, can you look at that food and say, this is helping me? And it's not hurting me. Is this helping me get to my goals? Is this making me stronger, healthier, whatever it is that that you're looking to do for your goals? Or do you look at it in a way of like, this is just numbing me or that it's like a fidget, I call it, that we're just going there to to take care of other things that are going in your head, like stressors or whatever it is you're dealing with emotions of some sort. Are you tired or whatever it is, but can you put literally open the fridge, put that food in your hand and say, this is helping me. This is fueling my body. This is going to get me where I need to go. And if I can't be grateful for my food, I need to step away for a moment and see if I'm actually eating it for the right reasons. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Um, how do you feel like your body image has changed since you went through your eating disorder and over these last 20, 25 years, how do you feel like that, uh, your relationship with how you view your body has changed over that time? Drastically. I I could get emotional talking about this just even in the last few years. It's been it's been a long journey. It's been a long journey of learning to fall in love with myself. And I can say I truly I truly love who I am and who I've become. And I love the fact that I train because I love to train, not because I need to look a certain way or be a certain way for somebody else or for the world that I, I truly love to do it. And I love my body because it is fighting for me. And I, I've gone through issues. I have a lot of sensitivities and I still sometimes have this, like, I just have to remind myself, your body doesn't hate you. Your body is fighting for you. So you have a choice to come alongside of it and figure it out and love it and care for it and, and support it, support it through that. Yeah. And so when I start thinking about my body as my best friend, that my body will fight for me more than anybody else ever will. And why am I getting angry at it or hating it? Why would I look in the mirror and, and say you're not good enough? 
and train to the point of destroying my body versus respecting my body and listening when I need to recover, when I can train harder, when I need more fuel, when I need to back off. If you listen to your body, it will tell you everything you need to know, but you have to be fighting with it and not against it to get there. How has focusing on strength and performance as an athlete really helped to ingrain those thoughts of uh, like that positive body image stuff that you that you were just talking about? You stop focusing on measurements, the scale, all of that stuff, because it de- doesn't define who you are. And I say that a lot. And the number on the scale will never define your success or who you are as a person, nor the number on the clothes that you wear. You know, I, I, I tell, I, I actually had that conversation with somebody today. Like if you weighed right now, let's say you weigh 105, but you look just as lean and badass at 115, do you care if you weigh 115 and look the same as you did at 105? You're just much stronger and you can lift more and you can do all the things you love to do without injury. What's more important to you? So when we start focusing on being strong and healthy and performing better and having energy and we focus on the the, the number on the barbell going up or the weight plates and doing it well with, with intention and you're, you're mastering the movement of your body and we stop focusing on the scale and all these other things, eventually the body just turns into those daily consistencies that you're doing every day. So we start focusing on these victories, these things that feel good and stop caring about these tools or these measurements that supposedly are defining your success. It's not healthy. Yeah. I love that. So I guess along those same lines, I know we can both uh, say that measuring your progress along the journey is important. So how do you recommend that people balance those two thoughts of saying, hey, it's not about the measurements, but I'm also kind of tracking my progress in a multitude of ways? Yeah, I think the tools are important. But if 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 you don't know how to respect the tool, you might might have to back away from it a little bit. If the the scale's determining whether you're happy or not that day, the scale's probably not the best tool you should be using. Uh, progress photos are another thing. Like it's important to I use those tools in a way that motivate you, but if they're tearing you down, then there we have to reassess those tools on whether how often we use them and how do we strengthen the mind first and start focusing on more of the performance goals. Are you feeling good in your skin? Do you have more energy? Do your clothes fit differently? And even then, like in a bulk, our clothes are gonna get tighter. But I, at the end of the day, do I look better without my clothes on? Does it matter what size my clothes are if they're tighter? I'll get a bigger size. As long as I feel good in my skin, that's what matters. And so to answer the question on how, truthfully, that's why I think, <laughs> that is why I think we need coaches in our life. I, I have a coach. I will always have, co- I have multiple coaches and it's because I need somebody to kind of remind me of that sometimes. I need somebody to speak that truth into my life, just like I do for my clients, and pull their mind back to what matters most instead of what the scale or the pictures are saying, or because I can't see it sometimes. And I've had coaches tell me, like, Laura, it's not, you're not getting fluffy, you're gaining muscle. And then draw circles around, look at your quads, look at how much they've changed in three months. 
I coach every single day for the last 20 years and I needed a coach to circle my quads to show me how much they grew and to remind me that all my hard work was paying off. And so sometimes we're our own worst critics and we're going to focus on things that aren't moving as quickly as we want them to instead of focusing on the wins and the victories and the things that are going well and keeping our mind in that positive space. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And we actually worked together through VSA. So this was what, two years ago, a little bit more than two years ago, you went through the Vegan Superhero Academy and um, I had the honor of coaching you and that was a really cool experience. And I totally agree. Coaches need coaches and you need someone kind of um, in your corner to help you along your journey. So I'd love to hear from you. Why do you coach? I, I coach because I want to share that passion. I want, I want as many people as possible to feel what I feel when I pick up a barbell. To love to work out because they want to, not because they have to. I want them to feel amazing in their body because they feel strong and functional. And to stop looking in their mirror and comparing themselves to everybody else. And to find their own path, their own journey, and to live it. And to be happy, be healthy, to have hope in that. And weightlifting changes people's lives. I coach because fitness can save people. Not because they want to look a certain way, but because they learn how to live life. What body image mindset do you really want to impart on the people that you coach? How else can you ask that question? Well, what kind of, what kind of uh, mentality do you want your clients or your athletes to have around their body image? And what are you really trying to cultivate there? Like you've said before to me, you've said going from looking a certain way to feeling strong and healthy and saying that's kind of the mental shift that you want people to make uh, that you're coaching. And I just I'd like to just hear a little bit more on that. Yeah, I actually would love to share a little something that a client had told me. Erin had said something to me a while ago that she had gotten a compliment that you know, I, I don't know if it was like the exact words about looking you like looking fit or looking or not like looking smaller or something like that. And I, I remember this thought of being, she said, like, I didn't want that. All of a sudden I just wanted somebody to say, you look strong, you look fit. You look not, not that you've lost all this weight, but that you look stronger. You look more fit. You look like you can lift heavy stuff. That's the mind shift of not having to look smaller or be skinny or, but to look strong to look healthy to look vibrant to look like it it begins to like it's almost i'm almost offended sometimes when somebody's like oh you look so little <laughs> like i don't want to look little i want i want to look strong i want to look fit whether i'm no matter what size i am and that's the mindset shift of i love that my clients by mo a majority of my clients within three to four months are ready to just be like, I just want to get stronger, Laura. I just want to get, I want to, I want to get stronger. They stop focusing on what the scale is saying and they just are like, how can you make me stronger? How can I 
feel stronger and like they get excited when I can like look at those delts, look at those biceps popping. Um, they they start to love their body because it it's strong and healthy, and they they like the muscle definition and they like lifting heavy things and they stop focusing on the scale. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is kind of a crucial mind shift that, that we really want our clients to make. And kind of along those lines of what you were talking about with Aaron, we, uh, Anders and I, whenever we diet down and we get like pretty, pretty lean and, and ripped, it's like, we're just losing or we're just losing our body fat, but we, we look a little smaller in clothes and stuff because you're losing, I don't know, 20, 20 ish pounds. And I remember this one time where I think it was, I think it was our dad who said to, to Anders, wow, you're looking really skinny. <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> he was like, that is the worst thing to ever say. It's like, that's uh, such an insult. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, whenever, whenever people make comments about that, wow, you're looking so like thin or so, so skinny or something. And, and I think lots of society views that as a compliment, whereas people who are making this shift from, hey, I want to be look kind of a certain way to I just want to be strong and athletic. If you are making that shift, then you no longer associate being skinny with being uh with with accomplishing your fitness goals. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool shift to make. I agree. I, um, there's a Brandy had sent me, I love it when clients send me like little TikToks or like these, these fun messages. And she's, she sent me one too. This, <laughs> this athletes like talking about like, stop calling me small. Don't you understand how big I'm trying to get? <laughs> it's just it's like, but it is that mindset of it. It takes a lot of work to build muscle and to gain strength as well. Just like it takes a certain mindset to be in a deficit and to lose body fat. It's just, there's that it, you work really hard to build muscle as well. So that when you do shred, you have it to show off if that's your goal. Uh, not everybody wants to shred down and be, uh, show every ripple of muscle. You don't have to be that way to be an athlete or to be strong and, and fit. But some people like to do that wave of building muscle and shredding down to show it off. So, um, yeah, it's you work really hard to to be strong and and show up consistently to be healthy. And uh, but it is super cool to see my clients' mind shift from wanting to be skinny to wanting to be strong. And yeah, you can still be petite and be strong. You don't have to bulk up to to feel that way. So it doesn't mean that you have to turn into this like Hulk Hogan or whoever this. Um, I don't know, Arnold, Miss, Miss, uh, Mrs. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I don't know, she's probably not, I don't know what I'm going with that, but you're not going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger in a day, you know, like it takes a lot of dedication. And if that's your goal, it can happen, but you can still focus on being petite and strong if that's a goal too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think what you're trying to say is you're never, you're not going to just start lifting weights and the next week look like a female bodybuilder or something yeah. like that's, that just doesn't happen. So along those lines, how difficult is it for women to get like, quote unquote, bulky? It's hard. <laughs> I know this is a, I know this is an issue that lots of women kind of, kind of a mental block lots of women tend to have is saying, well, I don't want to get big and bulky. I don't want to, I love the idea of being like strong and powerful, but I don't want to get big and bulky. So what what would you really say to those those women? It it 
<laughs> there's a lot of science behind becoming big and bulky as a female uh, bodybuilder or athlete. Uh, like the, there's a lot of dedication, a lot of different uh, ways of training that go around it. That if that's not your goal, we can still get strong, still get definition, and weightlifting is not going to hurt you. It's going to help you uh, in being longer, leaner, stronger. Uh, the ability to be able to eat more and burn body fat. Uh, it's just extremely important to. And going into the female aspect of things, bone density and things like that, to load your your bones and to lift weights. And I I just can't encourage it enough. And I just remind clients that if you want to get big, like <laughs> we can make that happen, but it it can take years to put on that much muscle. It so will take years. <laughs> take years to put on that muscle. So I'm still trying to get big and I'm not there. So and uh and men have a a much more ideal cocktail of hormones when it comes to building muscle mass. And it's difficult for even us guys to get to that point. And and everyone has their own opinion of what big and bulky is or their own definition of what that might look like. But, uh, for me, I'm not there and I've been training for over a decade really seriously and I'm a guy. So I have, uh, an advantage there with, uh, testosterone and just, uh, kind of a, uh, the right blend of hormones to make that happen. It's still super challenging. And I would say I've been training for that most of my life. I just, I let other thoughts and issues or thoughts and um, fears sneak in that didn't, uh, didn't, uh, how do I want to say it? That got in the way of me knowing truth of hypertrophy and the importance of allowing my body to build and not be in a deficit all the time and worried about putting on muscle or the scale going up and actually harm me from being able to build muscle as much as I could have in the last 20 years of my journey. And so if I can teach that now to those women who really truly want to be athletic and perform well and build muscle and not to fear it and to know the truth behind it, because I allowed things like needing to be skinny and strong and all these other things that and not understanding the truth behind how muscle works and how the body works to build that I, I didn't go into enough hypertrophy. And I, I want to teach women the importance of that and men too, but that we can't be in these extreme deficits all the time and be able to get stronger and put on muscle if that is your goal. And I think in, in general, all of us should have a goal of being functionally stronger uh, as we, whether it's just to to perform or live life, but as we age, I, I want to be able to live a, an active life for as long as physically possible. So I don't care really, I, I think about this like at 70, I'm not going to really give, I, I don't think I'm going to care what I look like as much as the fact that I can still hike and do the things I love to do. That's important to me. So how am I investing in my future? <laughs> what am I doing to help me at 70 live and be active and do all the things I still love to do? Or am I just going to let myself wither away because I need to be skinny or look a certain way for who, who's probably those people probably aren't going to be the ones helping me when I'm 70 and can't get out of bed. Yeah. You know, their opinion really doesn't matter. So. Yeah. And you mentioned 
uh, I will call it the uh, toilet seat goal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like if, when you're 80 years old, like, can you get up off the toilet seat by yourself? Um, that should kind of be a life goal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, getting to 80 and then being able to get off the toilet seat by yourself. I think, I think that's, I, I think m- focusing more on like the functional aspect of training. And you've talked before about, um, actually, why don't you bring up the, the example of your client who fell in the shower and. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I won't call out any names, <laughs> but I did. I had a client who, and and her goal really is to be, um, to be longer, leaner. She doesn't want to get real bulky, and that's that's perfectly fine. But I had talked to her a lot about the importance of core strength and the ability to be strong and functional. That we don't have to be big and bulky to be strong, right? So uh, she happened to tell me the other day that she had slipped in the shower and was able to catch herself and find balance. And she yelled out, thank God for Laura. <laughs> and it was before she started swearing a few few words, <laughs> she said. But it was this thought, she's like, two months ago, if that would have happened, she feel she felt that she wouldn't have been able to catch herself. She wouldn't have been able to balance herself, grab herself, engage her core the way she was to protect herself from hitting her head. She was able to hold her head up so she didn't smack her head when she fell and was able to grab onto something. And she right away was like, thank God that I've been strength training, that I've been working through some of this stuff with Laura. And it wasn't about getting bigger or bulkier. It was about getting stronger. And so that's the other thing. We don't have to get bulky to be stronger. So some of us want to be, and and either way is fine. But we, again, shouldn't fear the word strong or strength training because it's not always about building more muscle for some. But yeah. Yeah, I love that. So two other things that I just kind of wanted to share. Uh, For one, uh, regarding like getting big and bulky and stuff and that kind of fear that uh, lots of people have, it's not going to, and this is basically summarizing what we said, but it's not going to happen overnight. Like this is a slow process. And at any single point, if you look in the mirror or you just kind of feel your biceps or something, you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit bigger than I'm personally comfortable with. Then guess what? You just change your the training program you're doing. You start changing around your nutrition, and you can completely head in whatever other direction you want to. You can you can stop the muscle building process at any single point and say, "Hey, I feel really great right here. I just want to kind of maintain this." So, what do you say to women who are worried that becoming too muscular or too strong, which I'm doing in air quotes right now, <laughs> will make them less attractive? What do you say to those women? I ask them, what do you want? What's important to you? Does having more muscle, is that something that is important to you that you truly want? Is being strong important to you? And that if if that's important to you, the right people will come into your life that are meant to be in your life. The person who wants to come alongside you and support that and love you for who you are, and they're going to love your body. So surround yourself with the people that are meant to be in your life and do the things you love to do for you, not for other people. Yeah, I think the first thing that always comes to mind when I hear this topic is the kind of phrase you always use, which is strong is beautiful. 
And I think, I think that's very true. And that's uh physical strength, mental strength that, um, that's really, that's a beautiful thing. And that's something that everyone should be working to cultivate regardless of what that exactly looks like for you. And I think if you want to become strong and muscular, uh, I think particularly as a woman, cause that's kind of what we're chatting about here, but you're worried that doing so isn't going to attract the right partner, then guess what? All you are doing is weeding out the people who aren't the right partner for you. And I think it's really important to understand that. And you are going to, if you, I'm a firm believer that if you focus on the stuff that you really care about in your life, you're going to attract the right partner because they are going to also care about similar things and also have a similar viewpoint on um, strength or or how your physique looks. And as you said, your when you find the right partner, they're going to love that you are pursuing these goals, that you want to become stronger, that you are working to build muscle. And that's also most likely going to be something that matters to them. So I think that's a really important kind of shift to make. So in everyday life, there are lots of these kind of societal pressures, uh, particularly for women to kind of look a certain way. Um, are there any kind of certain body image pressures within the fitness community as well that you kind of feel like you've had? And, um, do you feel like you ever get to a point where you kind of become free of that? I would say, honestly, uh, I would say just even in the last, uh, six months or so, I struggled with that. And, and that was, and I was very raw and real about that in our community, uh, that in the fitness world, there's this pressure to look a certain way or to look like that coach, right? That if I don't look this way, nobody's going to want me to coach them. But I start to realize that that's my value as a coach or a person isn't because of how I look that <laughs> maybe this is a little bit morbid, but at, at the end of the day, what I'll say to somebody is like at your funeral, I'm sure somebody's not going to be like, Oh, I loved Laura because she looked strong and fit. That's the whole reason I liked Laura. That's what made her a great coach. No, it's the type of person and my core values and my morals and how I walk in life that makes me a good coach. So is there pressure around in the fitness community? Absolutely. Absolutely. But should it be our truth? No, we shouldn't be training again because we need to look a certain way to be valued as a coach or to be looked up to as a coach. We should be training because we love it. When do you really feel like you made that mental breakthrough? Like what was the point in your fitness journey where you kind of broke free of really caring what other people thought about how you look? I think it's been off and on, um, but probably mostly in the last five years. Uh, and the last time I was out here, I had said something to Anders, actually. I said, I'm a little, actually a little nervous about going to the retreat. What if I don't look the part? And he said, either they're going to love you or they're not. <laughs> so it was just that good. That was, that was truth. Like, does it matter? <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's not, you know, you are, I'm a coach and I love what I do and I love my clients and, uh, I feel like I'm successful in what I do and I get to share my passion and my love and that's what matters. And yeah, I, I try to live out what I teach. And if I'm living out what I teach, my body will follow. Just like I tell my athletes to focus on being strong, being healthy, showing up, focusing on those daily habits, 
not on the scale. And same thing, if I'm showing up, I'm doing the work, I'm doing what I'm teaching, my body will come along with it and not to fear that. Yeah, I love that. So I know that you have quite a bit of experience teaching younger athletes and uh, younger female athletes. So what effect have you seen in shifting the focus from kind of appearance to performance and kind of what that really does to young, impressionable, specifically female athletes? It's, it's life changing, even for me as a coach to watch that and to teach it to, you know, I kind of forgot about that when you asked me why I became a coach and part of my journey was I struggled a lot in high school with my, with body image and, and in, in my eating, or I don't want to own it, but in eating disorder. And my sophomore year was probably one of my hardest. So when I started coaching youth athletes and, and young female athletes, not just females, but males too. And you see it in the, in, in young male athletes as well to look a certain way. They're in the gym to build muscle, to look a certain way versus to be strong and to perform well. You see it in both men and women. And I think the biggest game changer was giving them permission to be the athlete they dream to be. And when they come in and they, they have these D one goals or even to go D three or to, to um, go to nationals or to perform at worlds, I ask them, is that important to them? And are they, their body is going to shift to the type of athlete they want to become. And if they want to be that D1 athlete, they want to be that world level athlete, they have to be okay with being strong and muscular and having a different maybe appearance than what you see on some of the magazines or, or on Instagram or whatever it is that you're looking at or to for inspiration of what maybe the world is telling you you're supposed to look at to be attractive. That being athletic is sexy, is beautiful, is is amazing. And if you love your sport, that is what your body's going to do. And you should love your body for what it's capable of doing and that it's helping you do what you love. And that's more important than what the world's speaking over. Are you willing to give up something you love just to look a certain way for who? So you have to choose. Do you want to be that athlete, do the things you love? Yeah. Love that. So we kind of touched on this earlier, but how do you really measure fitness progress? How do you encourage your clients and athletes to really measure their, their progress? Are they showing up every day? <laughs> Are they, even if it's 1% every day that they're, they're marking off a new daily habit? Do they feel like they're getting better at something every day? Um, that awareness around change of energy, sleep, on average, week to week, are they improving? Are they are they showing up? Um, it's easy sometimes to just feel the pressure or feeling like it has to be perfect. And it's never going to be perfect. Can we strive to be our best? Absolutely. But the journey is not perfect. And so if that's what we're expecting, it's not truth. So we need to focus on, are you doing the work every day? Are you following your nutrition the best you can for that day? 
Are you going to the gym and giving it the best you have for that day? It's not always going to feel like 100%. Sometimes it's going to feel like 10%. But did you show up? Even if all you had was 10 minutes, did you do something to better yourself that day? Same with nutrition. Maybe it's not 100%, but did you do something? Were you more aware of your choices? And did you learn that day on how we can get better, what worked, what didn't? And it's a learning opportunity every single day, not to beat yourself up, but to step back and go, this worked, this didn't. How can I propel forward to make myself greater and better tomorrow? And that's how I measure progress. Are you stepping back and seeing and learning and developing in closer and closer to your goals? Yeah. And also the toilet seat goal test. Yes. Can so, you lift yourself up off the toilet every day? <laughs> yeah. Well, specifically when you're 70 or 80 or something like that. I think it is that future investment. Are you yeah. investing in yourself every single day? And you can either say yes or no. Yeah. So what do you wish more women knew or believed in the fitness world? Hmm. That weightlifting isn't going to just make you bulky. <laughs> that weightlifting and um, being strong is... It's life-changing not to fear weights or not to fear not doing it right. Like to, to have to be perfect or, or wanting to go into the dumbbell area or the barbell area or into feel intimidated because you've never done it before. Most people started somewhere. And it's worth looking silly, if you want to call it that, to have that experience and to get better at it. It, it changes lives. And to me, like if every woman knew that it's okay to get uncomfortable for a period of time to try it, they fall in love with it. And I think that's one of the reasons I love coaching beginner uh, clients and athletes that have never lifted before is to show them how amazing it feels to throw weights around. Yeah. I love that. So don't get caught up in the fear of what other people are thinking of you or that judgment. Don't get caught up in the fear of failure. However, you're kind of defining that in your own head and lift some weights. Sounds like those are your, <laughs> yeah. those are your tips. Yes. You can create the body that you want. If you want to be more muscular, you want to get stronger in a way of competing, maybe more in powerlifting or going in the direction of bodybuilding. We can do that. If you just want to be healthy, long, lean, sexy, feel good in your body, you can do that too with weights. You don't have to fear weights. It's a lot of fun to be able to throw weights around and feel strong. Yeah. I love how using food as fuel and focusing on weightlifting, you literally become kind of your own sculptor and you can just, you can make your body look kind of the way you want to have it look if you are kind of focused on more of the, um, kind of the physical results and how you're, how you're looking. You can also shift your strength and focus on improving certain lifts or improving the strength of a particular, uh, area of your body or your entire body and just focus on whole body strength. So 
you can, with the right inputs and the right knowledge and the right coach or some other kind of form of accountability, you can do anything that that you really want to when it comes to uh, transforming your body and life. And I just think that's really that's a gift that everyone should give themselves is it's um it's completely life changing. Cool. So do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share on this topic? Yeah, I, I just was thinking about it, an experience in high school that I had around strength training for sport. And I went into the weight room because I absolutely started to fall in love with weightlifting. And I played volleyball at the time too. And I just remember going to the gym over and over again and not, I, I, I trained with the football team. I trained with the wrestlers. There was not a lot of female athletes lifting at the time. And uh, it was becoming more popular, but it really, I was kind of not the norm. <laughs> and I remember my my last year of high school, I wasn't very tall. And I ended up receiving a set that I had to hit out of the middle. And I destroyed it. My vertical had improved so much, but I had never really been the, given the opportunity to show it off. And I remember my coach saying, what changed? What Where where did that come from? And I, I had been only lifting or Olympic weightlifting for three years. And my my power, my speed, my vertical, everything improved. That is what we need to be focusing on is again, like what weightlifting can do for us in our performance. And that is another reason that is that, that, and I guess that result that helped me see that it wasn't just about looking a certain way that I didn't go to the gym just to look a certain way, but to perform different. And I fueled my body better and I was seeking help at the time too, and being able to eat and to perform and to lift and to get stronger and faster. And yeah, it's just that I don't know why that story came into my head, but I had to, I had to share it. Like you might not see the results tomorrow, but at some point you're going to look back and thank yourself for investing in yourself. Yeah. I love that. I think we all have those of us who have been lifting for some period of time. We all kind of have those experiences, those stories, whether it's hitting a volleyball or catching yourself before you hit your head in the shower or whatever it is. We all have these stories of these very kind of um, important realizations we're having that the stuff we're doing is really it's changing our life. We're really building a strong, capable athletic body. And that's ultimately the goal. So, all right. So this has been a super awesome episode. Really appreciate your time, Laura. Thank you so much for all the value that you continue to bring to our community, both on this podcast and in our Vegan Superhero Academy uh, coaching family as well. So Laura is one of six coaches, six female coaches that we have on our team. And uh, they're all super amazing and they all have their own kind of strengths and stuff. So if you are listening to this and you're really feeling pumped up uh, by the stuff that Laura is talking about, if you want to work with her or any of our other female coaches, uh, you can check out our coaching program by heading to our website, thevegangym.com. And also, I'd really appreciate you taking a moment to leave a review if you found uh, value in this episode. And um, that really helps us to grow and to uh, impact other people. So thanks so much for your time, Laura. And uh, for everyone listening, I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Take care and talk soon. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. To take the next step in your vegan fitness journey and get access to all our best content for free, check out theveganjim.com. 
We'll teach you everything you need to know to torch body fat, break through plateaus, build lean vegan muscle, and supercharge your health. Get started right now at theveganjim.com. Until next time, peace, love, and gains.